We might have should have had one extra practice this morning, but we got her done. Amen. <laughs> we'll blame Noah. He's going back to college tomorrow or Wednesday. Amen. Good to have him home. We'll miss him. And uh, appreciate him. I told him, I said, you know you're preaching tonight. And he went, he's not, but I just wanted to see if he, if he was ready. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 1 this morning. Romans chapter 1. Thank you again for being here. And uh, looking uh, again as we study through the book of Romans. We, uh, for several years, uh, preached through the book of John and pre- preached through the book of Luke. And uh, Paul told this to Timothy. He said, preach the word. Now, sometimes we get this mindset as preachers, well, I've got to have these nifty outlines and I've got to have, you know, these uh, titles to to captivate people and and I've got to preach because I've got to be relevant and I've got to figure out what the signs of the times are and I, I want to make sure that what I preach is right. He didn't say do all that. He just said preach the word. And I read a book that changed my perspective on this years ago. And uh, the author said this, a seasoned preacher, he said, he said, God wrote the Bible in a particular order. So just preach it in that order. Now sometimes people uh, look at it and go, well, I, I don't want, I don't want a, a man that just preached through books of the Bible. I want him to have, be fresh and I want him to have topics and all this stuff and I think back of uh, uh, years ago W.A. Criswell took a church in Texas and uh, when he took church had 10 people there and uh, so he just decided he was going to preach through the whole Bible he started in Genesis went all the way to Revelation by the way it's Revelation no S on that and uh, so he just started preaching and it took him 12 years to preach through the Bible well over and over Preachers in that area said, now listen, uh, Pastor, if you do that, you're going to lose church. You probably won't be here a year. Well, 12 years later when he finished, that church was not running 10. It was running 12 to 1,500. What I'm saying is it's not about how many you run. It's about just preaching the Bible. And, and, and I'd say that what we need in the day we live is more Bible preaching. And, Brother Jimmy, a lot of, a lot of preachers I hear talk about how they're Bible preachers, but, but they refer to the Bible and then preach what they want to preach, right? And, I, and I'm not 100% against topical preaching. Sometimes we need that. But in, in Romans chapter 1, verse number 5, the Bible, and again, Paul, uh, we started last week in Romans chapter 1, verse number 1. Paul said he's a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel. And then verse 5, he goes on to say this, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith. There, He's, he's laying out, the whole reason he's an apostle is not so he makes a name for himself. He said, I'm, I'm doing it uh, for, the, uh, for the, the obedience to the faith among all nations. Then he says this, for his name. That's, can I say this today? That's all it's really about. If it's not about his name and uh, wonderful grace of Jesus, man, listen. If it's not about him, then we may as well quit. May as well go to the house. Listen, it's not about our church. It's not about this preacher. It's not about... You, it's about him. And so he goes on to say this, among whom are uh, ye also the called of Jesus Christ. He said, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you, peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. 
So he's telling these Christians, he said, listen, they know all about you throughout the whole world. What a testimony that is, right? And they didn't know them because of the conflict and the drama going on. Can I get amen right there? Right? They, they, they didn't know about them because of the fights and feuds within the, the brethren. They said, listen, we, we hear about what's going on down there. Everybody knows about it. And so, for God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end uh, you may be established. That is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Now Paul was not a Roman, right? I mean he was a, he was a Pharisee that got saved and he said, listen, we can be from wherever. doesn't matter your skin color, where you come from. He said, we've got something in common. We have a mutual faith. Right. Believe it or not, we're family. Some of you may not want to be family with us, right? But, but you know, we're family. And, and, and we're family not by namesake. We're, we're family because we have partaken in the same thing, and that's Jesus Christ. And see, he says this he's in, in that mutual faith. Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was left hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even... Uh, as among other Gentiles. Now notice verse 14. Paul said, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are uh, at Rome also. Now we know this verse, one of the most popular verses in our Bible, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So Paul again is laying out what he's there for. He's not there to make a name for himself. He's not there to give a, a pep rally. He's not there to uh, give a motivational speech. He's saying, I'm here to preach the gospel. May I say this morning, that's what I'm here for. I'm not here to motivate you. I'm not here to, to make you feel good or make you feel bad. I'm just here to preach the gospel. And so Paul in this scripture is laying out that he is a servant of the gospel. Can I ask you something? Is that what you are? Nothing else matters. You say, well, I, I, I'm not necessarily a servant. I don't like to use the word servant. Well, then you, you don't like Bible terms because Paul calls himself a servant. See, if you're not willing to be a servant, Jesus was a servant. He served, right? If you're not, you're not aligning yourself, well, I'm a Christian. I'm not a servant. Well, you can't be a Christian and not be a servant because Christian means Christ-like and Christ was a servant. And so the most frequent used word in this section are Paul's personal pronouns of I, me, and my. And he doesn't say it to brag upon himself. He does it to lay out the foundation that he is a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul the great Pharisee is now the servant of the gospel. Where before he was trying to stomp out the gospel, now he's trying to spread the gospel. Where at one time he hated uh, th this thing called the gospel, now he is heeding the gospel around the world. And friend, may I say that is the change that takes place when you truly come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're not a secret agent, amen. Paul wasn't hiding from the fact that God had saved him. Paul is letting everyone know, Pharisee, barbarian, it didn't matter your skin color, your nationality. Paul was letting everybody know that he was a servant to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so four things in the scripture I'll share quickly 
One is uh, in verses 5 to 7 is the instruction to the Roman Christians. By the way, we need instruction today. He said, by whom we have received grace and apostles. You see, here's the thing. The more you know your Bible, the less likely you'll be caught into heresy. You start listening to a bunch of preachers, right? I'm talking about internet preachers, TV preachers, some revival preachers, some pastors. You listen to them and not listen to the Bible. You know what happens? You'll start following man. Yeah. Right? Listen, I'm your pastor, and I feel like Paul, when he said, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm not always right, by the way. That's why I I believe in uh, Proverbs said, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. I've set some things up around me. I don't run this thing rough shop, praise God. I I, I have people, and some of it, Brother Jimmy, there's things he's much better at than I am. I've got enough wisdom to say, Brother Jimmy, you handle that. Amen. I'm confident enough in, in being the pastor of this church to where I don't have to run around saying, well, I'm scared if I give Brother Jimmy too much authority in the outreach that, you know, everybody's going to follow him. Brother Jimmy, I think he loves me. I love him. And we both love God. We're going to work together for, for the glory of God. Well, that's the way this family ought to be. See, and Paul's saying, I'm, I'm just here to serve God. I'm, I'm here to preach the gospel. And now he's giving the instruction to the Roman Christians. And notice his commission is, grace comes, from apostle, uh, comes before apostleship, salvation before service. You can't serve God like you're supposed to until you get saved. If you're here this morning, you're not saved. You've never trusted him as your savior. You can do all the good deeds you want to. You're still not going to heaven. Right, And Paul is saying, listen, before I was ever an apostle, uh, I understood the grace of God. And the only reason Paul is an apostle is because of the grace of God. He didn't earn it. Commitment to the truth comes before commitment to the task. See, we got to know truth, folks. And so much of what's going on in this world today, we don't know truth. I was telling our class today, uh, let let me say this too, okay? I'm going to help you with something. Stop clicking on stuff. Because here's what they do, I, and I see it. What they do is they, they try to get you to believe something by little snippets. And I was telling them, I, you know, on my computer, if you hover over the little thing in the bottom corner, it brings up all these news stories, and, you know, 90% of them is Trump's a crook and, you know, whatever. But there was one I was wanting to read, and I clicked on that link, and when I got to the Supposed to be the news story. There was no news story there. It was just advertisements. So it told me that there's a lot of people that would just read that headline and they go, well, that's, that's news right there. That's true. See, what's happened is we don't want to study to show ourselves approved. We don't want to know what's going on in this world. We just believe what we see on Facebook or what we see on Fox News or MSNBC or what our friend tells. We don't want to research it. And when it comes to spiritual things, we don't either. We want to be fed instead of feeding ourselves. And so people get caught up in, in apostasy and heresy because they won't study to show themselves approved. So Paul's whole world revolves around obedience to the faith. Paul would go where God told him to go and do what God told him to do. Can I ask you something? Will you do that? I mean, we like when we like when God pours out His blessings here. You know, oh, I just want to thank God. He's met every need. Every need supplied. We don't mind singing that. But what what about when God says, "Hey, I need you to go over here and do this"? Whoa, now, right? That wasn't Paul. He was a servant. So. Our attitude is this, obedience to the faith. 
That's all that matters. You can have all the gifts and talents you want, but if you're not obedient to the faith, it doesn't matter. Choir, you did a great job up here, but may I say this? The devil's got folks that sing just as good, if not better, than we do. I appreciate our instruments, but listen, the, the devil has, has uh, musicians that, man, you look at them and they don't read music. I mean, something just in, they, they're, they're making all this ungodly music. They're talented, but they're not using it for God. You better be careful that everything you got, you use for the obedience of the faith. That's our attitude. Our assignment, notice, is this, all nations. You know what broke my heart? I was, I was reviewing 2023. We took on 12 new missionaries, which put us at 125. And I told Miss Ellen, I said, 125? We've been at 125 missionaries forever. You know why? Because some of them are coming off the field. We had to take on 12 to keep up with what we had. That breaks my heart. Right? It breaks my heart that men are coming off the field. Uh, when, when, and you can criticize them if you want to, but may I say this? You're not there. I'm not there. All nations. The gospel's got to get to all nations. Folks, it's not just Davidson County. It's all nations. And it is our job, according to Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, that we get it to all nations. Paul said he's going to do it. He said, I'm going to do everything I can to get it to all nations. And then it tells us our authority in this verse, his name. His name. Verse 5, for his name. That's our authority. So their commission, his commission next is their call. The call of God. Notice he said, among whom are ye also called of Jesus Christ. Now I'm not talking about Calvinism here. I, I believe in the, uh, the uh, free will of man. I also believe in the sovereignty of God. You can believe in both, by the way. And the call of God are located by God. He knows where you are this morning. Right? The morning I got saved, Brother Shane, he knew exactly where I was at. He came to where I was at, hallelujah. That morning on that altar, hey, uh, April 21st, 1996, I didn't have to go out in the parking lot looking for him. He knew exactly where. And if you are saved by the grace of God and you think everybody's forgotten about you, may I say this? He knows where you're at. There was never a time Paul was in prison, Jesus didn't know where he was at. There's never a time when Paul was being stoned that, that the Lord wasn't with him. And may I say, if that doesn't encourage you today to know that wherever you are and whatever you're going through, the Lord Jesus is right there with you, you ought to, hallelujah, you ought to just thank God for that. So their call, they, the call of God are loved by God, they're lo located by God, and then they're lifted up by God. They're called saints. You know what? The church doesn't make them saints. Well, he got sainthood. Can I help you with something? I got sainthood when I got saved. And you know who didn't give it to me? Some guy with the collar turned around backwards. You know who did give it to me? The Lord Jesus Christ. When I got saved, he said, saint. You're a saint. Can I give you this, though? But since I'm a saint, I ought to live like it. Huh? See, you don't get sainthood by living a certain way. You get sainthood by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. But then after you get sainthood, if you want to call that, you ought to start living like it. Amen. You're right. Amen. So his commission, his call, number two, the intercession for Roman Christians in verse 8 and 9. Look what Paul said. He said, for I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. What's that mean, preacher? Well, 
he's interceding for the Roman Christians, first of all, with praise that Paul showed no hint of jealousy. He said, listen, people know about what's going on here all across the world. We should not be jealous because God's doing something somewhere else. I'm thankful he's doing something here, but it doesn't bother me if he's doing something down the road. Right? He no doubt would have loved to be the church planner at this church, but that, he's like, look, I just thank God. You know what? In the day, Listen, church, in the day we're living in, if somebody hadn't just compromised and gone off in left field, right? right. I, I mean, if they still, you know, have some convictions and standards and still love God and hadn't just left the faith altogether and so, God's doing something, don't pick it apart. Amen. Don't pick it apart. They may not do it just like we do it, right? They can be, they can be wrong if they, no, I'm kidding. They may not do it just like, but see, the things that are clearly biblical, we ought to agree on that. But the things that aren't, we may not do it like that. And we may not, listen, we may not go and support something because, you know, we have a, a stronger preference about it. Whatever, but I'm not going to get up and blow them out on social media. And I'm not going to get up and preach against it all the time. It, it, we got to worry about us. And if God's doing something somewhere else, you know what we ought to do? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Right? Well, preacher, they're not singing the right songs. Well, that's fine. Let them sing what they want to sing. Right? You ain't pastoring that church. Neither am I. What did, I, did that come off wrong? They can sing whatever they want to. I'm not pastoring their church. You aren't either. Right? So what do you care? You ain't got to go. Let them do. Well, if they're not preaching heresy... You know, what do you got to say about it? You ain't a member of that church. So why, how could Paul praise him? Why was, because we mentioned this, his horizon was higher. Paul wasn't worried about what happened on this earth. He was worried about what, what was going on in the next world. See, if you keep your horizon right, what's going on here won't matter as much. So, so he praised them. He praised them for their testimony, but then he also interceded with prayer. Now watch this. He said, without ceasing, I make mention of you always. Well, Jerry, I, I still think this book's inspired. I mean, I think when God, when God says always, he means every... Can you imagine every time Paul prayed, he said, I make mention of you. You ready for this? How often do you pray for our church? How often do you pray for your pastor? How often do you pray for your missionaries? How often do you even pray for your children? See, most of the time our prayer list is something like this. Now, God, you know I've had it tough. And you know, Lord, that things are difficult for me. And you know, Lord, that, uh, that they treat me bad down at the job site. And you know, Lord, that you need to intervene because I'm uncomfortable. Can I get amen? You know I'm right. Paul said I'm interceding. You know what intercessor is? interceding for someone else if you intercede for enough people guess what God will lay you on somebody else's heart to intercede for you so he prayed for many everywhere he could we can hardly pray for our family think of one praying for many all over the world Paul, you want me to tell you how you can pray more than 15 minutes pray for people right most of our prayer when we pray for I, can't, I don't know how you pray for an hour because, man, I'm talking about 10 minutes and I'm done. That's because probably your prayer life centered around you. 
I want you to do this. We'll take a survey. Is anybody in this auditorium that is not going through a trial or have a burden? Is anybody, everything's, everything's perfect in your life? Anybody, anybody, anyone going once, going twice? Anyone? Guess what? If you prayed for everybody in this auditorium, you'd pray for at least an hour. Right? Yeah, but they didn't tell me what I need to pray about. You don't need to know. Don't be nosy. Now, if you tell me exactly what's going on in your life, I'll know how to pray. No, you won't. You'll know how to talk to somebody else about it. You don't need to know everything going on in people's lives to pray for them. Amen. Good preaching. So number two, he interceded for the Christians at Rome. Number three, notice his interest in them in verse 10 through 12. He said, making requests by uh, any means. Now at length I might have a prosperous journey for I long to see you. You know what? Be interesting. Paul's saying, listen, I'm, 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 I'm excited to go to church with you folks. How we ought to be. Right? Sunday morning. We ought to be excited to be in here. Sunday afternoon, we ought to be excited to be in here. Not come dragging in 25 minutes. I just don't know. I, it sure was hard for me to get up this morning, brother. Well, if you go to bed. Come on now. Right? You know how you have a good Sunday morning? You start preparing on Saturday night. Right? You can turn Netflix off early on Saturday night. Go to bed. Get up in the morning, pray, eat your breakfast, try to get to church. Guess what? 9.15, we pray around the altar. That'd help. Mm. Say, preacher, I wish you'd get back to 2023. You kind of plow in the corn up in 2024. See, the intention with the Roman Christian, notice in verse uh, 13, 14, uh, 13 through 16, I'm sorry, the interest in him is this, to serve him. You know, he's, he just want to be a servant. What do you want to, you want to be served or you want to serve? See, the, the disciples that were the lowest to the Lord, think about this, the ones that Jesus looked at as the lowest were the ones who wanted to be served the ones he said that are the highest are the ones who serve. The world says when you are served, you're elevated to a higher level. When you serve others, you're lower. Here's what I want to ask you. Which philosophy do you embrace? Because that will tell you how spiritual you are. How much like Jesus you really are. If you want to be served, you're not like Jesus at all. If you want to serve, you're proving that you are like Jesus, which is the word Christian, which means Christ-like. See, we, people come on time, I, listen, I go to church and I want, I want, I want, a, I want a preacher to feed me. I come to church to get encouraged. I come to church for what, but here's my question, what are you bringing? What are, you, what are you giving to this body, right? It's give and take. You get, but you give, right? Now, if you're a visitor with us today, you're a guest, we don't expect you to, you know, right? You, you, just, you just hold on and enjoy the service, right? But, but think about this. What are we, what are we, Paul's saying, listen, I want to I be a servant to you. And I don't care who you are, and I don't care, you know, where you come from, 
uh, in verse 11, he said, I long to see you. In verse 12, he said, that is, uh, that I may comfort together with uh, you by mutual faith. Verse 13, he said, I purpose to come unto you, but uh, was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you, also even as among other Gentiles. So he wanted to serve them, but then he wanted to strengthen them. You know, can I, can I get you, give you this? When we stop being selfish Christians, right? Because I hear it all the time. People are like, well, I was out sick and nobody even called me. Yeah, but there were people out sick you never called. Right? I had surgery. Nobody sent me a flower. Yeah, but did you send anybody a flower? I did, I, did a, I did a phone tree about this, and, and nobody even called me to say they were praying. But when was the last time you called somebody to tell them you've been praying right. for them? Amen. You're right. Give, and it shall be. Amen. See, we think, we, we think that's just financial stuff. Right? Well, we'll give to the Lord, and he'll give back. What, do unto others as you would. Not do unto others like they've done to you. That ain't in your Bible. That's why a lot of Baptists act, but it ain't in your Bible. See, we're the initiator of it. You want people to, to, to have friends, you have to show yourself friendly. That's what the Bible said. Right? You ever wonder why you don't have friends? Just everybody, just everybody. Mm-mm. You look in the mirror, you're the problem. Right? I'm just, I know somebody let me like we're going to go somewhere where they ain't doing it. That's fine. But I'm just going to shoot straight with you. Because you don't, you don't go to the doctor and say, listen, doc, don't give me any bad news. Just, you know, I've been eating 17 pints of ice cream and, you know, uh, shooting squirt cheese down my throat. But don't tell me I got cholesterol or heart issues, right? Don't tell me that. Just tell me I'm good and I, here's my money. That's what a lot of people want in church, Right? But that, look where we're at. Amen. 2024, look where we're at in our churches. Man, help us, Jesus. Yes. So Paul's saying, look, I won't come to serve you. I come to strengthen you. Right. You ready for this? Sometimes to strengthen, you have to have some resistance. Yes. Right? Sure. You have to have some resistance. Before you can be strengthened. So, so Paul, if you read Romans, buddy, he, he sounded to me like when he got to chapter 1, he's like, look now, Roman folks, I love y'all, and the church is good, and everybody knows about you, and I'm here to help you. Paul was a, he was a Holy Ghost assassin. Brother Ian, he laid, I mean, when you read that first chapter, you're like, boy, Paul's a sweetheart. Read Romans. He said, now that I got your attention, bam, 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 right? He starts shooting at M1611, praise God, and the next thing you know. Now, look at the last thing, the intentions with the Roman Christians. He said in verse 13, he said, I, I might have some fruit among you. I am a debtor. Verse 14, I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise, so as much as in me, uh, as much as it in me is, he said, I'm ready to preach the gospel. 
Man, what's he been doing for 14 verses? <laughs> to you that are at Rome. And here, here's what he said. Now this key to it right here. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Just not ashamed of it. For it is the power of God unto salvation, everyone that believeth to the Jew first, also to the Greek. So in this scripture, these last verses, he does three things. He lays out his burden. Made little difference to Paul who the men was. Didn't matter where they were from. He said this. He said, I'm a, he said, I'm a debtor to the barbarians. I'm a debtor to the Greeks. I'm a debtor to the wise. It didn't matter to him, right? See, see, a lot of times we get very discriminatory with the gospel. We don't want we don't want that group in the church. You know, we don't want them bus kids in here because they'll they'll tear stuff up. You know what? They make sheetrock. They make paint. Right. They'll get stuff all over the pews. We can clean that. But you're saying it's better for them to go to hell than mess their pew up. Huh? Oh, yeah, but you put them down there with our kids. What if they teach them bad stuff? What if our kids teach them bad stuff? Hey, I've been doing this a while. Brother Matt, church kids ain't always as innocent as we make them out to be. Right? Gonna let them die and go to hell? Come on, preach on, preach on. Good, yes, sir. Yeah, but see, there. But then there's others, brother Henry. We'll say, well, we want them. We want them. We want the poor. But then you let somebody live in a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar house. Me and I, well, I feel uncomfortable because they have money. <laughs> Gonna let them go to hell? See, we're, some, sometimes we're okay going in the mobile home park knocking on doors. But the neighborhood with the big house, we go, well, I, I wouldn't know what to say. They need the gospel too. See, we get very discriminatory, not just color of skin, but sometimes social status or, you know, we, we look for people we, we think would be a good fit for our church. Well, see, here's the problem. Listen to me. It's not your church. And it's not my church. God, God added to the church. In the book of Acts. Your, our job is just to go out and share the gospel with the whole world. And let God build his church the way he wants to. So it made little difference to Paul who the man was, where he came from. He was a debtor to them because he was a servant to the gospel. I'm a debtor to you because I'm a servant to the gospel. Brother Marty and I were talking this morning. He was out on the bus early and it was, uh, was kind of cold. And he had a heater up on the window trying to. And he said, preacher, he said, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes he said, you preach your guts out and nobody moves. He said, I don't know how you do it. I said, well, I had to get over that a long time ago. Because I had to learn I got to do it for him. Right? I ain't doing this for me and I'm not doing it for you. And I'm glad. And Paul's saying, listen, Romans, I'm, I'm here because I love you. But I'm doing this because Jesus saved me by the, by the glorious grace of God. See, if you won't do it for him, you won't do it for anybody else. So his burden for these people, he didn't, he didn't even know them. He didn't know them. He'd heard about them. Man, when I, some of you say, well, yeah, preach, you go out in Wyoming and Montana and preach. I don't know those people. But if God opens the door for me to go preach, why would I not go? Right? God opens the door for you to go and run a bus route. Why would you not go? 
God opens the door for you to go help. And why not? Why wouldn't we? See, we're caught up in, well, I want to pray and make sure it's God's will. Let me tell you what's happening. We're so paralyzed that maybe we just need to be in action. I found this out. God seems to show me his will a whole lot more when I'm working than when I'm not. Amen. Good preaching. So I see his burden, but then his boldness. He was commissioned by the king to proclaim the gospel. Not the earthly king. The king of kings. And his audience was going to be all of Rome. Didn't matter. All of Rome. And then his belief. Verse 16 gives you his belief. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone, everyone, everyone. Right? Everyone. To the the Jew first, also to the Greek. You say, well, why does he say it like that? Because Jesus came to the Jew first. They said, we'll not have this man rule over us. God said, okay, I'm giving them to the Gentiles. Right? So, so when you look at folks, and Paul's saying, listen, I don't care if you're a Jew, Gentile, Paul had absolute confidence in the gospel. Why? Because it transformed his life. See, you can't have absolute confidence in the gospel by looking at someone else. You have to experience the power of God's transforming power of the gospel in your own life. And if you never have, it's hard to tell anybody what you don't know. See, here's the problem. We have gotten to the place in life where we don't tell people what we know. We tell them what we think and what we feel. Right? So there's all this, well, maybe it's different, right? I know this. I don't care what, I don't care what the common core mass says. I know 2 plus 2 is 4. I know it every time. 2 plus 2 is Well, it could be. No, it couldn't. Right? Two plus two could be five. No, it couldn't. It cannot. Well, my teacher said, young person, don't listen to your teacher. They're lying to you. Two plus two never equals five. It's four. Four. Two apples, two apples, four apples. Not five. Right? I know that. I know that if a person is born as a male... They're always a male. I know that. If they're born as a female, they're always a female. You don't get to choose. That's called humanism. I'm smarter than God. God made you a male. That's what you are from birth. That's what you will be till you die. You can have all the surgeries you want to. You can identify whatever you want to identify, but that's what you are. I know that. Don't think. I don't feel. I know. Paul's saying, I have that much confidence in the gospel because it changed my life. And if if it's never changed your life, you can't say with confidence what it's done. I'm not not telling you, listen, there's no, Brother Barry, there's no reason for me, 53 years old, to be up here preaching to you if I was not sure. Listen. Regardless of what you think, being a Baptist preacher is not the most glamorous job in the world. Right? Being any preacher, you know. If I wasn't convinced of this, I'd do something else. Right? 
If you're not convinced of it, you'll never tell anybody. Paul said, I'm, I know it because I wake up every day and I see the evidence of what the Lord did in my life. Now, that's the servant of the gospel. And that's what we're to be. You and I, if you're saved today, you're a Christian, you are to be a servant of the gospel. So am I. If you have enough servants of the gospel, guess what? You have, you have the book of Acts. These that have turned the world upside down. We, we have the ability, Brother John, to turn the world upside down. In, in this room, we don't, listen, we don't need every church. Be nice if every, we don't need every church. If, if we had this group in this room right here, that we'd get sold out to God. Brother Adam, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about half, I'm talking about 100%. Turn the world upside down. We'd have to, you know what, here's what would happen. I'll close. Here's what happened. Remember in the Old Testament when God's people, they said, listen, we need some building material. Now they, they hadn't had a house of God in all these years. They said, we need some building material for the house of God. They started bringing stuff. Left, right. What? They wouldn't have to do it a, a fundraiser drive every other week. Brother Jerry was like, finally they said, look, we got enough. Quit bringing stuff. Right? We got enough. Don't bring any more. That wasn't a day. And these folks weren't Baptists. But if we had sold out, remember, you remember the book of Acts? Everybody's selling all their stuff, bringing it. Hey, we're just going, here it is. Take it, use it for God, right? Well, that didn't work out too good. You know why? Because we're people. In that early church, they had people getting saved left and right. You had these widows over here that wasn't getting fed. So they had, that's where deacons came from. That's what they were there for, to serve tables. That's all they were there for. Right. Well, I think they're, I don't care what you think. What's the Bible say? They're there to right. serve tables. Yes, sir. And so that socialism didn't work out too good. Everybody bring you stuff so that God said, here's what you do. You give as God gives increase. Right? God gives you an increase. Here's your tithe. God gives increase. Boom. Then he sets, establishes giving for missions. He's like, your mission's it and your tithe, and here we're giving more to missions. Now, now think about it. church this size. If we were all, when we walked out, got a stack of 25, Miss Ellen, is that right? 25 tracks in that bundle. Everybody took 25 tracks every week, hand them out. You know what we're doing? Spreading seed. You know what happened? Everybody gave to missions. I don't know what, I'm not telling you what to give. That's between you and God. But I know this, I'm not stupid. Everybody in this building is not giving to missions. Everybody's not. Now some's giving more than others. And listen, young people, well, you shouldn't expect them to. Yes, we should. Something, right? We wouldn't be looking at 125 missions. We'd look at 200, right? That'd be a good number for 2024, 200. Preacher, how are we going to do that? That's 75 missionaries. How big's your God? Right? Amen. Right? Look out them buses. 
Two of them ran this morning, right? They wasn't full. We got three, by the way. Got two vans. I'm figuring if you could fit 50 on a bus, that's 150. Vans are 15 past you. That's another 30. That's 180. Be good if we had 180 coming in on the vans, buses, wouldn't it? Yep, it can happen. You say, well, what if we have more than that? They make buses every day. Well, I know where we got them at. We can get more. See what I'm saying? But our problem, Brother Marty, is not the capacity on the bus. Our problem is not, there's not any missionaries to support. The problem lies right in here with this room. We're not servants of the gospel. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, that's your first step. If you're here today and you are a Christian, you've got to be sold out like Paul. I'm just preaching. You just don't understand what I'm going through. I know what Paul was going through. Everywhere he went, they wanted to kill him. Anybody come to, come knocking on your door and stoned you? Any other come to your door and thrown you in prison for preaching the gospel? No, because let's be honest, most Christians are secret agents. So here's what I'll leave you with, and we'll close. If you're here today, you don't know him as your Savior, today would be a good day to trust him as your Savior. And we'll show you how from God's Word, not a Baptist way, a Bible way. So in just a minute, when we give an invitation, if you'll come, we've got workers that will just take the Bible and show you, here's what, what you need to do to be saved. Some of you may already know what you need to do. Well, that's good. Just come to the altar and get saved this morning. Some of you this morning just need to be a servant to the gospel. And God spoke to your heart and said, listen, it's not that you're not saved, but you're not surrendered to whatever God wants. Today would be a good day to surrender. Some of you are walking far from God, maybe as far as you've ever been. be a good day to come back. God spoke to your heart for any reason. In just a moment, we'll give an invitation. You come, and you do business with God. Miss Susan, you come. Let's stand together. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. No one's looking around. Whatever your need is, you come. If you're here today, you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, please come. Please come. She's going to play. Servant. That's a, that's a wonderful word. The world doesn't think so, but Jesus does. What will you do? Well, I'll tell you what we need to do. No, what will you do? i tell you what the church ought to do. No, what will you do? See, if you're here today and you've never trusted him as your Savior, will you do this? I'm not going to come to you. I want to pray for you. I want to embarrass you. I just want to pray. Preacher, if I die today, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. Will you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up? Just put it up. Put it right back down. If I die today, I don't know I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one? Put it up high. Well, here's my next question. Are you a servant? Well, I'd like to think. No, I'm not asking to think. Is there evidence of you being a servant? Go wherever you want me to go. Do whatever you want me to do. Lord Jesus, I'll do it. That's what he's looking for. That's what he's looking for. Well, I'll give him some. Nope, he wants all.
help, help, help. Yes, Lord. What are you holding on to? You ever thought that the reason you are miserable is because you're holding on? Just holding on to something. I don't want to give it all to him. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for every decision that's been made here this morning. Lead God and direct us so we may please you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.